Bonnaby is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaka, y'all. What up, what up, what up, everybody? This is the Spawn Me Podcast with Khalif Adams. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. I hope you're all doing well. I hope everybody at home is having a fantastic beginning of your 2022. I hope you are staying safe. I hope you are social distancing, wearing a mask, washing your hands, washing your butt. Make sure you're okay out in the streets. Make sure you keep yourself safe out there because Omnicron and all the rest of the Decepticons are out there trying to get you. So be careful out there because Optimus Prime is not coming to save you. That is the way that that works. It is not going to happen out here in these streets. I am super excited to be rocking with you all this week and every week on our show. If you missed last week's show, you missed a banger of an episode. You need to go back, fix your life, figure it out and go listen to the show, subscribe to it, share it out on all the social media platforms that you can so that we can grow and get bigger because you know, these, these hair implants ain't going to come by, you know, on their own. I need to figure out how to, how to, how to make some money for those. Cause that's something going to have to happen. They're like moving it from the face of the head. This didn't work. I tried it once. It didn't work. But this week we have a fantastic show. I'm excited to see everybody here in the chat. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you about a very special announcement uh, coming in the end of the show. Uh, we have uh, our, our wonderful sponsors over at Manscaped. We'll be talking about them as well before we go to our break. But this week is not about any of those things. I am super excited because we have a fantastic guest on the show. I have been a huge fan of the work for one of my favorite games of the year. You know, you've heard me talk about this in our preview uh, commentary. You've seen our reviews uh, for Deathloop. You've seen all the conversations that we have dug into about this game. And I am very happy and very excited to announce that we are rocking with the man, the myth, the legend, Jason E. Kelly, who is the voice of Colt from Deathloop. Rockin', how are you doing? My man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, Jason, how are you doing? Yo, I need you to intro me like wherever I go, brother. <laughs> you got a brother feeling hella hype right now. I, I am extremely excited to have you on the show. I, I know when the, when, when the team uh, from Bethesda hit me up and was like, hey, Jason might be available for an interview. I was like, yo, can we make that happen? Because that needs to go down uh, in the beginning of, of 2022. I am a huge fan of, again, every every piece of, of work that you've done with Deathloop. I think it has been brilliant to see, you know, how you brought that character to life uh, and, and just really excited to, to have you on the show tonight. So, so again, thank you very much for spending some time with me and the rest of the Bracago residents tonight. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here, my brother. I appreciate it. I appreciate the love, the support, the accolades, and, you know, just the fact that my work struck a chord with the people in all the ways I could dream of and and more. And I'm, it's, it's an honor to be here. Um, this might actually low-key be my last interview slash podcast on the, on the subject. Sure, sure, sure. So I'm, I'm going out. I'm glad that I'm I'm going out with a bang and I'm going out with uh, with you guys because Spawn on Me is, is a great it's a great platform and I love everything you guys are doing and it's episode 420 so 
Smoke it if you got it. <laughs> I'm sure somebody in, in in home base of Portland right now is is, is rolling by trying to shotgun the studio <laughs> and be like, I got y'all. I know it's coming. But I, I appreciate, again, uh, you being here. You have saved the best for last. I'm going to say it out loud uh, and say it say super proud. Uh, so I'm excited to have you here. You're daggone right. So for the folks who you know, are not familiar with your work, folks who, who don't know the breadth and depth of of, of the, the work that you've put out into the space, you know, give the folks a, a, at home a little bit of information about you, how you got into to, to the acting space, how you got into the VO space. Uh, give the folks at home a little bit of information about you. Uh, I originally was in the corporate sales business. And back in the day, I was I used to sell T1s <laughs> and bandwidth. Uh-huh. And uh, one day I looked up and realized uh, if I don't change my life, I'm going to be the 50 year old dude in the cubicle doing something he doesn't want to do and be stuck. Mm. And I took a gamble on me and I showed up for me every single step of the way. It was not an easy journey, but I let go of everything I had. I let go of the condos, the cars, the lifestyle, and a very healthy six figure income. And I moved to Los Angeles and I got here and I failed and I failed and I failed and I failed. And then I figured out, you know what? Let me give this acting thing a, sh- a real shot. Let me mm. not try to be, let me not try to be just an overnight success. Let me be a real success. Let me let me approach this with all of the care and and commitment it takes to yeah, get a PhD, and oh. I did. And one, I literally, without going into all of it, one step led to another. I was approached at the gym. Someone asked me if I'd ever thought about being an actor and doing commercials. I said yes. And that began the journey. And commercials financed my journey. Commercials paid for all of my classes. Commercial residuals uh, introduced me to all of the people that I know. And that led to improv. Improv led to sketch. And sketch led to the CBS Diversity Showcase, where I failed miserably, (laughs) which is fine. (laughs) it's totally fine but and that was a decade ago but it led to me taking more theatrical classes and dramatic classes and getting just studying and doing the craft and every time i'd fall down i'd get back up and i keep on taking steps over and over again showing up for myself because the guy that left dc who believed he could be a star just needed to figure out how to unlock that Mm. needed to figure out how to uh, access the craft to unlock the shine and Mm. let it shine and let it come through. And it took me years of work to do that, to gain the craft. And, you know, I eventually got to a point where someone said, Hey, you know, you should try voiceover. And I always said, yes, whenever somebody said something to me, like, Hey, have you thought about no, but I am now, so I'm going to go try it out. Yeah. And I got into VO, and I had some success early on, and then I, like usual, I fail miserably, and that's my learning phase. You know, that's where I'm learning is when I'm messing up. And I took about a, I did, I did a six-year run of auditions. Yeah. And from, like, 2011 to 2016, and I went, I'm taking a break. I can't do this. I'm not booking anything. This is a waste. And mind you, my first three jobs made about 40, 50 grand and won me an Emmy for best commercial campaign in the 
in the upper Midwest. I was looking at the plaque. Um, <laughs> and with that level of success, I then had six years of fail- of not succeeding. And, you know, I don't fail. I learn. Win or learn. That's my attitude. I got back on the saddle, got with a new agent, had some new confidence in my life, uh, had gotten better in my craft and signed with my agent. And they sent me an audition one day. Huh. That's for really for, for for this particular project 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 code name Flint, uh. and I got in and I got a call back and then they started telling me what the job is and then when I booked the job is when I found out what it was and I still didn't really know what it was because I wasn't in the gaming world I didn't follow the world sure um and about four months into no six months into the project I realized oh this is something different. Mm. And this is something special. And Bennett Smith kept on, he was my session director, my narrative director. He kept on saying, Jason, what you're doing is testing really, really well. (laughs) Audience, our fans and our our, our test groups are loving what you're doing. And he's like, this is going to be something special. Just get ready for the ride. And I hadn't, again, no frame of reference for what, what, what that meant. Here we are, multiple award nominations meeting and interview and fans and like I don't know I don't know how to, I don't know how to describe it it may, it always makes me beam and it always makes me want to puff my chest out as you I should. didn't know it was going to be that but I didn't know it was going I can't flex cuz I didn't know it was going to be this I approached it in the most humble way I possibly can sure. and this is why this is such a sweet experience that's how I approach just about everything in life I learned a long time ago stop going for the shine just go after the work. Mm. Your shine will come through. And it happened. And it's been an incredible way to be introduced to the gaming industry. Um, the reverberations are being felt throughout my life and my career. I walk with a different step and a different sense of pride about what we've accomplished. Um, there's more work to do. Yeah. I you know, don't want to be a one-hit wonder. Yeah. Um, won't be. But to be introduced to the industry at this level in this way with this degree of success is a breath of fresh air. And I'm really excited about what's next. That's amazingly inspirational to, I'm sure, all the folks who are in the chat and and who will be listening to this when it goes out on the the podcast platforms. It is extremely inspirational to me, too. I, I am a person who is learning a lot about myself while I get into this version of the business that is slash host doing a lot of, you know, trying to do on on camera stuff, learning how to read a, a teleprompter, like learning all the small skills that will lead you to potentially being in a, and hearing again, you talk about taking a risk on yourself, which I think is so important to have people hear that message of like you can figure out ways to lean into your skills take that leap of faith that you that you may not necessarily know you know you talked about working in sales and then you know was it a thing where you always were like i'm doing this but i really have always wanted to be an actor like that's the thing i actually always wanted to be i don't know that i always wanted to be an actor i did know i always wanted to perform ah okay i'm an alpha and step shows were the first time I, as an adult, I was on stage performing yeah. as an alpha. And that feeling, I wanted to last forever. Huh. 
the feeling of being on stage with an audience. I wanted that feeling to last forever. And when college ended, that ended. And, mm. you know, I did a couple step post college step shows and, and blew my Achilles out there doing something with my grown ass had nothing but no business doing. <laughs> It's like, oh, it's time for you to sit your ass down. You did you and, did the uh, five heartbeat step where you hit this and then you hit the, the turn and that was it? Oh, man, <laughs> blew the Achilles out. I went, oh, okay, let me go sit down. I am no longer going to do step shows. Um, and, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. But all those things kind of were constantly nudging me one way or the other. Yeah. And when I look back at it and I connect all the dots, I completely see the divine hand of Providence guiding me to where I am today because I'm sitting in this booth that I paid for and bought right near the beginning of the shutdown. Um, I have a plaque with the three video game pictures of the three video games right outside this window. I've got the original, I was in the original cast of one night in Miami, the stage play. I got the poster of that up there. My wife, my wife I met through a cat I met in a commercial and then met one of his homies who was dating my wife's cousin. And then she introduced, long story short, Yeah, I have a wife, I have a, a, almost one year old son, all because I said, I'm gonna take this shot. Hmm. That's and wild and amazing. Bro, when you see life coming to you, and be taking shape each time you take a step, you realize, oh, whether I wanted to do this or not, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Hmm. That's 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 profound. I, I, I again, I thank you for sharing that because I think that's one of those things where I think a lot of folks who listen to our show they're they're in a lot of different spaces. We have a lot of fans of the industry. We have a lot of folks who are industry veterans. We have people who you know we we touch a lot of the layers within this industry. Um, and I think a lot of the the thing that people kind of lean on during those conversations about, should I stay at this job? Should I try to take that next step? You know, am I qualified for this? Do I feel like I'm in that space yet? And a lot of, there's a lot of trepidation there of just like not understanding that, you know, <clears throat> the things that have gotten you to this part will continue to push you forward in a way that will, will get you to the next layer. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm, and it's I'm, daunting. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because yeah. we all know the people went, oh, I've wanted to do this since I was eight. <laughs> and, you know, they they went to Northwestern or they went to Juilliard or New yeah. NYU or Carnegie Mellon and they're brilliant and they all have great careers. Well, I'm like, well, uh, most people didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, They figured it out at a different point in life. And my message is always think really big, do the work, and don't quit. If you just do those things, you will carve out a space for you. Yeah. You just will. I don't I don't know any other way to say it or define it because that's been my journey. Mm. I, am I where I want to be? No. Am I on my way to that? Yes. Yeah. If I get there, whether I get there or not, am I am I satisfied with the journey? hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I love that. I love that. I, uh, I think that's I think that's fantastic. I, I a, a little birdie told me um, called IMDb. 
uh, <laughs> that, that not only did you voice the 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 voice of Colt and Deathloop, but you also uh, did the voice of the Demon Slayer in Doom Eternal, which yeah. I didn't yeah. know. Um, yep. And also, I didn't know that from, it sounds like you have a pretty dope Barack Obama that you do. So what it is, is that, uh, look, uh, <laughs> uh, I love doing this. You know, I can do these podcasts all day. Uh, uh, you know, uh, me and Michelle, we're, we're actually we're watching uh, a couple of episodes ago. And I was saying, you know, I got to get on. I got to get on this guy's show. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful I'm here today. Uh, you know, Malia, Sasha, they love you. They're big fans. And, uh, you know, uh, you're winning me over. I, I got to say, you're winning me over. Salute. Uh, I mean, thank you, Mr. President. I appreciate your time here. I, I've been trying oh, to get you on the show for a very long time, and I'm excited that we finally got All you. All you had to do was call. All you had to do was call. All you had to do was call. It's kind of uh, like that song. You just call, and I'll come running, something like that. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, what I... What I what I, what I love and what I kind of want to dig into based off of that is I think one of the things that, that a lot of people don't know, and we've had a couple of, of, of amazing VR artists on our show and actors on our show, the, the, the kind of learning of how to pull in those layers of things that you not only find interesting or funny and apply those to, you know, either impersonations or the kind of crafting of a voice like, the, the the doom slayer which i think most people don't know like they're like the doom slayer has a voice like i didn't i didn't know that does he say words does he say things besides like revving up a, a chainsaw Pantera. pretty oh, much I mean. it's so great oh it's so great it's so great it's so great <laughs> but when you're starting that process for you know you talked about you started to do the read for cult and you started yeah. to kind of like formulate what this character is going to be based on the words and all the the visuals that they shared mm. when you when you landed on where cult landed how did you kind of craft that is that a, an amalgam of just a whole bunch of people that you know is that the 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 uncle that that talks a whole bunch of shit at thanksgiving is that a is that a is that the you know the one that's like no that's my pacino card you better back up off my off my four Boy. aces <laughs> like is it, is it amalgam of all of that stuff is or, or where'd that kind of landing come from uh, it's always at least for me my characters are always an amalgamation of Combinations of people I know, yeah. Uh, people I've observed. Um, sometimes they're actors who I admire because uh, I'm, you know, steal from the best. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, I've actually shared this in the past, but, you know, cult is a very measured combination of Samuel L. Jackson, uh-huh. Will Smith, and surprisingly enough, uh, Jim Brown during huh. his younger days um very measured and then touches of me are in there they're definitely touches of me but what we found was you know you have this brother that's waking up on an island over and over again and he's trying to figure out what's going on and it's based on a certain time frame so there's certain language and colloquialisms and vernacular that don't necessarily exist in this world in mm. general as well as slang that doesn't exist mm. and so we had to find that really fine line 
of making this guy this very polished professional and skilled at what he does, but at the same time, this frustrated brother living in this world over and over again, getting murked every time he turns around <laughs> by Juliana. Yeah. And how he's going to deal. And how do you deal with that as a character, not knowing where you're at and dangers all around? And you're discovering along the way that you're dangerous as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I pulled from a number of different people. And then the script also spoke to me, you know, once I kind of once I kind of got a riv- rhythm for his cadence and where he was from, I went, OK, I know how to do this, dude. And we just would always play a couple tracks in, in, the, in my, my phones and the cans and, and I'd drop in and then we'd be off to the races and we'd rip through. 70 80 pages of copy and i'd be like all right what's next and like we'll see you in a couple weeks huh you know so you're picking up and letting go throughout an 18 month process huh where you're picking up the character and putting them down and then picking them up putting them down and picking them up putting them down and you've got to find touchstones that bring you back to him yeah i was curious to hear like how do you how do you kind of find that again once you've like left it for me because you're doing other stuff in between that Oh, tons of stuff. Yeah. Tons of things in between and you're you're auditioning constantly and you're you're wearing all these different hats. And this is just that's just for voice. Yeah. Not to mention on camera and stage. Like you're constantly juggling all these different personas in your brain. And you get to that one job where you go, Oh, this is a recurring job. Like, okay, where was that? Oh, he's there. Oh, he's right here. And uh I'm going to break this fucking loop. And then you're in. Mm. And once you're in, you can just keep on going and do your thing and all. And his register is lower than mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And once I get into him, he's just right there. Huh. It's it's always really interesting to hear the kind of, not only the um, way that folks who are doing this in a professional way can tap back into that, but also yeah. the... Um, like when they feel like they've nailed the character from a kind of to- total sense and then pull that into the performance and then how the, how the kind of um, script and I don't, well, I don't know. Do you get a chance to see things like gameplay during moments yeah. during that stuff? Is that a thing during, that's like in that? Absolutely. We do get some moments. We didn't early on yeah. the first three sessions. I did not. Um, I was just kind of shooting from the hip. Yeah. And then we got further in and they were able to pipe in some of the gameplay, some of the visuals. And once I got a better feel for the visual, I'm a, I'm a visually oriented person. Mm-hmm. Once I got a feel for the visual of it, I then knew where to put my voice because it's music to me. Right. Yeah. Like the whole tapestry, you know, if it's a choir, you know, you've got the visuals, you got the sound effects and you've got um, and then you've got uh story like to me that's the the that's the 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 sopranos the altos and the tenors i used to be in a gospel choir so that's um and then you got to figure out where do you the soloist fit in to all that Mm. to make the story pop and so that's kind of how i always approach really anything i do it's it's sonic but with this because there's a visual component i was like oh okay well, let me see what this is first. And once we got that, my performance got better. And then once I got a chance to work with Ozzy, yeah. Ozzy Omo, 
uh, as Juliana live. We got to do one live session before the world changed. Um, I watched how free she was. Huh. And I went, oh, I can go there. Okay, let's go. That's and cool. Those components completely, it didn't change what I was doing. It just electrified what I was doing and brought it up to a different level. And then I knew how to play in this world. Um, and it's a, it was a perfect fit for him. It literally was a perfect fit for him, my voice. Yeah. And for I, me. Yeah. It, I mean, it felt like just listening to the interplay, you know, in the game itself. And, and then, you know, Colt having these these uh, these these thoughts, these his inside voice was always his outside voice in a lot of different ways. Right. And it feels like those kind of parts of that equation, you know, not only brought him to life in a way that felt really grounded in the space and in the world, but mm -hmm. also kind of helped to do a lot of the storytelling from, from, from that perspective. When yeah. you're, when you're thinking, when you're kind of starting the process of doing that work with another player in the space, with another actor in that room and, and mm -hmm. having, uh, Ozzy who, who played Juliana be that kind of foil for you, uh, in that space. How awesome was that kind of layer when you started to come like dig into that kind of stuff? Because those parts were super dope within the game. Changed everything. Huh. Changed absolutely everything because that became the template from which I delivered all of my interactions with her. So mm -hmm. all of we had one day together out of 18 months. And the rest of the time they'd pipe her into my ears or they pipe me into hers. And I would think about how's Ozzy gonna play this? Huh. Okay, what? how is she going to be physically delivering this line? Cause I got to sit there and watch her do it. And I went, oh, okay, this is how she embodies her in her body. So not only am I reacting just off of what I'm hearing, my mind was reacting off of what I was seeing her do in my head or how I thought she would do the role. So you got reactions from me that weren't just vocal. They were a full body reaction. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not everybody gets an opportunity to do that. Mm. Um, especially today, we don't get an opportunity to do that. Um, for me, it made the journey in the process that much easier. Yeah. Um, it was challenging already because we were doing the entire session, 18, 19 months of work we were doing virtually with hmm. Bennett in France and me in LA in a studio in a box. And sometimes there'd be an engineer there and sometimes there wouldn't. And it's just me and a mic and we're going. Huh. It's very difficult. But that sounds so much harder to do in compare because a lot of the times when when folks are thinking about this kind of work, they're seeing <clears throat> mocap suits and they're seeing everybody in the, in the sound stage and doing all those things together and playing off each other directly. It, it, it sounds infinitely harder to do it this way. and and. Yeah. drastically harder because the one thing I know about every actor out there, we're actors. We, we like being with other actors. Yeah. When we perform, like we don't necessarily want to be inside of a box performing on our own based off of something we're hearing or something we're having to imagine in our brain. It's a lot easier to be in a mocap suit yeah. on a set. And, and mind you, mocap is a whole different beast and your imagination and it has to operate in a different way sure. to make that world work as well but the work that we do in this particular way having to imagine everything was daunting at best 
Mm. And, you know, it's one thing to do it because I did, I've done, I did performance capture for, or facial capture for a project that's coming on next month. Um, and it was just a cinematics piece. Oh, okay. So I wasn't carrying the story. I wasn't the gameplay. I wasn't the player. You know, I went in and did that. It was like a couple movie scenes, basically. And I was like, all right, bet. I could do this. Yeah. That's one thing. But to have to do something that you're carrying 50 hours of play. (laughs) And you got to bring it every single, you got to bring it every step of the way. Otherwise, the player is going to get bored. Yeah. It was not easy, but it was an incredible exercise in vigilance and creativity and commitment. I'm grateful I went through it again. I didn't know what it was going through. So it's yeah. really hard for me to go, yeah, we knew we was going to create this thing. And blah, blah, blah. It's, uh, it's really hard for me to flex on it like that. I just innocently bright eyed went through and said, hey, let's go play. Yeah. Let's yeah. go play today for the next four or five hours. Yeah. And what we ended up with, I, you know, I think it was some magic. I mean, so. I, I, I think one of the things that I, when I go back and think about my playthrough on the game and think about my time with, with Colt and Juliana and in that world, the things that I, that I came away from, even when I was talking to folks from Bethesda, cause they came, they, they brought us in for, for early preview stuff and let us kind of play the game early and check it out, give them some feedback and some of that stuff. And they were like, you know, what are your thoughts about the characters? What are your thoughts about the, the way these things are coming across? And the first thing I said was in a game like this, you usually don't have characters who are funny. And I was like, characters in a game like this are usually very, very stoic. They're very, very gruff. And they're like, I'm killing everybody and y'all all coming with me. And it wasn't like that. And it was very much like, you know, I, I know when I've been in those moments when I've been like, man, I don't know what the fuck is happening right now. <laughs> and you're trying to figure it out in real time. And it was great to see you nail those layers of the comedic performance, too. How much of that was your flavor being added to it? And how much of that was just like the, the, the page kind of speaking to you to, to laying for that? Uh, my background is second city. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm going to find, and I always was the one, my funny came out the most when I came on and said something ridiculous <laughs> or reacted ridiculously with this big voice over something really small. Uh, and I discovered, oh, I'm funny when I do that. The first, I got the job because I found the humor in this character. Uh, in, the, in, the, in the audition, I, my first audition, I went back and listened. My first audition for Colt, I'm not, I was making myself laugh. Yeah. I found the funny in it. And I went, when I read the script, the script, I went, oh, this is, there's humor in here. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. sarcastic. It's a very sarcastic, dry sense of humor, but there's a lot of humor in there and it just jumped off the page for me. Mm. And so once I saw that, I went, oh, I know exactly how to lean into this. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I am that. Like my sense of humor is that. And so that I found actually to be the easiest part, <laughs> you know? Uh, like that's the part that I'm kind of really good at. The parts that were challenging for me was curbing my curbing how I'll drop a letter off of a word or throw some slang in or just my own mid-Atlantic, you know, vernacular. There were certain ways that I would say, especially even the cuss word, 
there are certain ways that I cuss yeah. that he doesn't. So I had to make an adjustment. What, what's an example? Of, what's an example of that? Because I think there was some good cussing in this game, which I thought was there was really a lot of good cussing. There's so much I good cussing. Ever, I never put a hard ER on the end of MF. Never. <laughs> it's always a. <laughs> I say it, motherfucker. <laughs> but he was much more proper than that. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, hey, right? I, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's true. This is specific, and people are like, oh, well, that's just not good. No, fuck that shit. Yeah, I like. Yeah, you listen to brothers when they talk. Brothers yeah. cuss a certain way. Uh huh. He doesn't. Yep. And I went, wow, that's interesting. Why does, and, and, and Bennett was on me about it. He's like, Jason, he doesn't cuss that way. And he doesn't, he's like, he, when he, when he, there is no God in this world. Like the word God doesn't exist. Huh. So God and Jesus and all those type of little, ha, geez, I had to take all that stuff, all that interesting. stuff. Interesting. Huh. All of it. I have a way of saying, God damn it, a certain way. Yeah. And he's like, can't do that. He's like, what? I see, he said, you have this Southern twang to way you say, damn it. And you got to tweak that. Huh? Cause that's not him. And so again, these are small little things and it's just customers, but that was a part of his language and communication. Yeah. And I had to dig into that and go, okay, how am I saying it? How's he saying it? And I'd have to listen to it and be like, okay, turn that part of my brain off and turn cult on in those little brief moments yeah. to be authentic to who he was in that world. You know, it, it was, it was fun. I mean, it was a blast to step in somebody else's shoes. Cause a lot of people are like, Oh, you just went in and just played yourself. Mm, no, I didn't. Yeah. 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 Like he's a real living, breathing character that kind of channeled through me. There were times he was in there. I could actively, I was like, Oh, that was not me at all. Uh-huh. Like that was, that was all cult. And then there were a couple of lines. I can't remember which ones they were, where they let me improvise. Stuff was coming out of my mouth. that they, We didn't even write. <laughs> but that's and when you're in the, the moment, right? You're in that moment. You're feeling it to, to its kind of fullest capacity. I mean, I know from being from the Bronx, my, my cusses are very, very different than a lot of other people from cussing. It's a really, it's a very belly, specific. it's a belly cuss. It's not, it's, it not is. A, it's not a neck and head cuss. No. Nah. Which is not at all. You ain't up here. You letting them know because it's it's a warning. Yeah, (laughs) like it's it's a territorial warning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can say that shit up here, man. Yeah, but you, I ain't motherfucker. Right, like you get it down here. (laughs) Sorry for the kids that are watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're supposed to be watching this anyway. Get get off the. You ain't. You really ain't supposed to be. I'm over here drinking. I got that brown, (laughs) so it's got me a little loose. (laughs) I I love it. I love. I I mean, look. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. There's a way we communicate. Yes. Right. And part of our communication comes from that. And it's not a, oh, well, he's just so cussing and not. No, it's territorial. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 It's a very, I'm communicating with you <clears throat> and I'm letting you know what you're dealing with because I may be scared. Yeah. Yeah. Of a scenario. And I'm using this this instrument to create a barrier of protection where I don't have to physically engage you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And if I, I can use that t- 
to stand you down, I get to go home. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. People don't understand that, like that layer of the being that we get a chance to kind of embody with that thing. I remember my grandma is, is from South Carolina uh, and she cusses like she taught me how to cuss. She would make compound cuss words, stuff that didn't even make sense. I was like, ah, how you how you add these things together? I was like, how are you putting these things together? Like, like what what is a fuck nose? I don't know what that is. Like, those don't go together. That's not a that's not an actual word, ma. But it was one of those things that when we would have those conversations and we would be in the in, in the room with, with, with white folks sometime and they would cuss and it would be like fuck. And I was like, that's not that that, that doesn't scare me in the way that fuck scares me. It's different. Right. And it's a very it's different. different layer of how those conversations wind up moving and, and kind of, you know, e- evoking the emotion that they need to actually evoke when, when they do. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. That's very funny. I want, I want to dig into a, a little bit of the, the conversation that you, we just kind of touched upon about the layers mm-hmm. of blackness in this, in this game. I think, you know, one of the things that our show always kinds of spotlights is, you know, showcasing folks and, and, and brothers and sisters who are working in the industry you know, having the conversations about characters who who look like us and, and how important that is, not only for the industry as a whole, but for the player to, to be able to kind of mm-hmm. embody a black body in all the versions of what that may potentially be. Um, mm-hmm. When when you saw the reception to Colt from the audience, I know you talked about being, you know, very happy and excited about the kind of way that it landed and, and, and the kind of you know, jubilation that came across from that. How many folks came to you and was like, I'm so excited to see this black character be in this space and and not be the usual kinds of antagonists that we wind up seeing because we hardly ever get to be the protagonists. But what were they're still about coming. That? Yeah, they're still coming. They're yeah. still coming to me and saying things to me. Yeah, uh, we haven't been able to do any conventions live, so I've mm-hmm. never been able to physically interact with anybody at the cons. But I have gotten DMs. I have gotten posts. I have gotten direct invites to do podcasts just so that hosts could say, yo, I appreciate what you represented out there. Uh. It meant more to me than you. Like, I, I There's been articles written uh, where people have been impacted by this in a way that's visceral that in some way has changed them and raise the bar in their mind for how we should be portrayed in the ones and zeros in video game. And I relate and understand that in its totality. I didn't go into it with that in mind. Sure. Again, I never go into any of that in my, I go in, I'm an actor, I'm a man, I'm a craftsman. Let me go bring everything I've got heart, mind, soul, spirit, and psychology mm. and, and, and superstitions and fears to this character. Let me bring them to life. And if they resonate, they resonate. If they don't, then I have more work to do. Mm. The first movie that I remember watching as a young man that made me puff my chest out mm. was coming to America. Mm-hmm. Because I'd never seen us presented in such a glorious way. Mm-hmm. Regal, kings, queens, 
proud, mm-hmm. beyond wealthy, mm-hmm. like beyond wealthy. That and Boomerang, like these mm-hmm. two movies, mm-hmm. Eddie shaped us mm-hmm. in these spaces that we don't, we didn't get to see ourselves in, in off in in our authenticity, and it wasn't some fantastical world that wasn't achievable or wasn't mm-hmm. possible. Mm-hmm. And then the second time I felt that was Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I didn't say the N-word for about nine months after I saw Black <laughs> It felt super disrespectful in a weird way, it right? It felt disrespectful right? to the Wakandans. Right? It, I was like, no, I can't do this to the people, uh-huh. you know? And it shifted me, and I realized in, and you know, the, the Black Panther just happened, mm. and to be an adult that has lived a broad life, very versatile life, to be shook and moved because of some work, I, I realized in that moment the responsibility that creatives can have, I realize the impact creatives have and the responsibility that comes with that, Mm, right? mm -hmm. And so I said to myself after seeing that, I hope that one of these days I can make an impact like that, right? Again, not knowing what anything is going to be when you're going into it. Deathloop and Colt, the number of people that have come to me and said, thank you for raising the bar, for creating a protagonist that has never existed in the world of video games. Thank you for giving me something that made me feel like I was listening and watching me Mm. on screen. And I, and I've been like, like, what do you mean by that? And they're like, it wasn't a trope or a stereotype or some character that I've seen a million times before. And it's not that those guys aren't real, right? But it was something new. And to have that kind of, to be res- partly responsible for that kind of emotional uh, reset and recalibration in a player and a fan. Because I think we all, when we play games, we all kind of play, but becoming a fan of something is a different kind of dynamic. Oh, for sure. I'm completely blown away and humbled by that. And mm-hmm. I, and and for it to have all been through my voice, yeah. Like we're not talking this and on camera, and like for it to have been my voice. I don't know. It's like, it's like a great album that comes out that you can go back and play and listen to over and over again, and it still fills you with the same kind of feeling the first time you heard it. And then as you listen to it more and more, you start hearing something else and something mm-hmm. deeper and something more and something richer, mm-hmm. and it becomes that much greater the next time you heard it. And then you realize, oh, that was a really dope piece of art. Yeah. I guess this was the project where I went, oh, I'm an artist. Huh. I've been a performer and a craftsman and an actor. I've been doing that. But this project helped me find my artist. Huh. I because I connected uh, yeah. with you guys. Like yeah. I it connected with you all here. Yep. You can't you can't script that. Mm-hmm. And you also 
if you try to go for that, you're going to miss. Mm. Like yeah. everybody that has hit me up and like, yo, man, you like, you, you affected me. Like there's, it's a heart to heart. It's a heart connection that has happened. Yeah. A spiritual connection that has happened. I, I didn't know this could, I didn't know this was possible through this medium. I'm like, cause in my brain, again, I haven't playing games since 2006. Yeah. To me, I was like, oh, it's, just a, it's a video game. Yeah. And then I found out, oh no, it's more than that. Mm. And oh, wow. I got to be a part of it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Cr creator. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that, um, and, I, and I'll give you some flowers because I, I, you know, speaking of speaking towards that, like, what was that moment where you saw us be great? Uh, I remember, of course, yeah, absolutely boomerang, absolutely uh, coming to America. I also remember Harlem Nights being one of those movies that was in that space for me, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was like seeing Richard and seeing, you know, Red and, and seeing all of yep. those cats who I grew up watching in the, in the comedic space be be in their element. And then again, that that Eddie moment, right, that Eddie, you know, S curl box pause with a little little the little, you know what i mean like it, it is one of those things to see all of us look as beautiful as we possibly can in that yeah. biggest way and that that absolutely had an impact on me too and when i think about cult it has that layer of in a space in which we are always the back of the uh, back of the thought process to have these two protagonists because i think juliana is also a protagonist be on the cover of a game. And we spoke to Dinka Bakaba, you know, on the show, uh, creative director on the game. He was on here some, some months ago and talked about why that was important and having, you know, your kids see those people be on a box and be like, that was me or seeing like, I yep. was the person who helped to create this thing and have it have that cultural resonance. It is very yep. few and far between when we get a chance to see that for us. Very uh, much so. And, and having you be the person who, you know, help to bring that version of this character to life um, uh, was very prof profound for me as well. It was a thing that I spoke to the developers about when I saw them in person at the game awards and, and other stuff and being like, mm -hmm. thank you for pulling this story together. Cause I think for me it was needed. And in the moment in time in the, in which it dropped, it was also very culturally res uh, relevant. And because we see so many layers of how we get treated and, and us not, of us always kind of being in a space where power is taken away from us right. uh, and, and having that character be powerful was, yep. was, was yep. fantastic. Um, I know, I know we're almost running out of time. Um, uh, the thing I do want to ask you about uh, that is not game related. Okay. Uh, is I'll, I'll be brief. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no worries. No worries. No worries. This, cause this is something that I think about all the time now. Cause I'm tr again, I'm trying to learn how to be in the space. I want to know about skincare. It's a thing that black people don't talk about a lot, especially when you're in the active space. We talk about not being ashy, but we don't talk about how you're supposed to take care of your skin, especially if you're going to be on camera and especially you're going to be doing that stuff in front of people. You got to have decent skin. Like, what what are you doing right now? Because you are glowing and, 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 and I, am, I, am, I have decent light. And I think, I think the Vaseline is not clogging my pores right now. But I gotta ask, what 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 is your secret to success in terms of skincare? I gotta know what the deal is I before we go. Do drink 
a lot of water. Yes. My wife makes me. My wife's Ethiopian. She makes me drink a lot of water. Yeah. Um, <laughs> lots of it. Um, I uh, There's this clay that she gets. Yeah. This is like a Mayan clay, whatever. The jar is like the label's red and green or whatever. And I think there's like some Mayan temples on there. Uh, but I use that. I actually just did my first photo shoot today. So ah. I did a mask last night. Yeah. Um, and got everything all nice and shiny. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, I, I, I use uh, there's like this grapefruit based skin cleanser that I get called from uh, a boutique in L.A. Beverly Hills called Verbella. Uh. And I use their uh, skincare is a grapefruit skincare cleanser. And then I actually ironically make my wife used to use like regular, like over the counter lo lotions yeah, and yeah, store bought yeah. lotions. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. <laughs> We're not gonna we do don't that. do this I'm in house, Kelly. We don't do we this. We will do this in house, Kelly. And I <laughs> came up with a body butter huh. that I named after her. Um, it's called Tio's Best, and it is a shea-based butter with coconut oil and a couple other oils and essential oils. Um, and it's skincare for the people. Um, I love it. And it's the, the name of the company is From the Kellys, uh, which is us. And there's a label and there's a jar. And I just, we were going to launch it last year. We just we got too busy. We had a brand new kid. And we just hey, like, oh, if, you, but, if, it, if it happens, let me know, because our cops are. Bro. It is dope. I'm saying like it's everybody I've let ha everybody I've sold it to and everybody I've let bar let uh, try are yeah. going. Yo, what you put in this? I'm like, hey man, can't tell you all my secrets, man. Can't tell you my secrets, man. But you know, man, we get you shining. Uh, little goes a long way. I put it on every single day, morning yeah. and night. See, that's what I'm talking about. See, Bracaco, you And if can't I told you how old I was, if I told you how old I was, no, you wouldn't believe me. Nobody ever does. So I just don't. I don't bother. Uh, I appreciate that. I mean, people think, I'm, people think I'm, I mean, people think I'm, I'm younger than what I am, but it's not. The yeah. I, I'm not. Yeah, young. I would probably, I'd, I'd guess. But, well, what, I'm guessing what, like what's, early, what's the number? I'd guess, I'd guess very, very early 30s. I, I'll be 44 this year. So it'll, 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 it'll be again, that is, Same. that is, that is not because I have, you know, actual hair and, and skincare products that is from grandma being like, I think this is enough Vaseline. You're going to put this on your face, smear, you smear put this on. on your face, put some yeah, grandma yeah. spit on that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, ma, you know, that's like not hyperallergenic and that's not, not good At actually. All. You know, you actually yeah, cause it more that pimples. Been <laughs> Has that been pasteurized? Has that been She's like, it's been pasteurized with the Lord. That's what it's been with pasteurized with. The Lord done giveth me this. And the Lord said, take it, Fitz. Uh, and if you don't take it, right then, across your forehead. We are of the same generation. Yes. We are of the same generation. Of the age um, where there was no, it wasn't about cocoa butter. It was about plastic no things that clog up the sea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you put on your some body. Vita point, like mama. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't have no, 
We we didn't ask enough for extra lotion. We had Vitapoint or pink lotion, and we gonna use this forever. <laughs> Put it on your hair and yeah. moisturize your face with it. Yeah, it was an everything. It was like yes, and then also oh. drink a little bit of this because you're sick. Because we ain't got no more Robitussin. Right. Um, Throw a little water up on it. <laughs> Gargle with it, and you clear your throat. Uh, before before we let you go, the last question I have for you. This has been fantastic. Uh, is is there a project that you would love to that you kind of any IP that's out there that you're like, oh, this is a thing that's that that I would love to potentially, you know, use my talents towards and for that you'd be like, damn, I really want to be able to do that one day. Hmm. I mean, I just. I don't know if y'all can no. Oh, you got, the, you got right. the chair though. You got the real chair. Jet. Well, I, I'm I'm recurring. I, I'm one of the stars of Mayor of Kingstown yes. on Paramount Plus. Yes. Um, we just finished uh, uh, the dark TV series, and <laughs> <sighs> Taylor Sheridan got issues with that show. I was like, damn man, you need a hug. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> you killing everybody. Everybody. Um. It. Everybody getting murked. Um, IP. Um, here's the interesting thing. Hmm. The last video game I played that I bought and played beginning to end was in the Devil May Cry series. Oh, yeah. I fell in love with it, right? Yeah. And I've always thought, I'm like, man, what if Dante, like, I, I was like, Dante does like sound like a brother. And I went, what if they did a Devil May Cry with this? black dude from like Harlem or some part somewhere. Ooh, that would be so right? fire. And he had to go down into the demon world and fight to get all these people's souls back. Shit. Ooh, that would be fire. I want to play him because I love the Devil May Cry series. Yeah, it's a yeah, lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. And I'm like, what if we, like, what if that, what would, what would that game be? Ooh. You know, and take it out, take the real world of it, take it like because they got this fantastical world that they live in. And, you know, they, you know, play the whole game gets played out in it. But like, what if we made it? What if we rooted in reality? Yeah. Something that everybody understands and knows and then crafted this dope story that led us into the demon world where Dante has to transform and discover, oh, you know, use voodoo or something like that. I don't know. But where he has to go through a process and a procedure to allow that force to come forth within him so that he could go out where he has to learn to embrace it, not run from it. True. And then go out into this world and go fight these demons and get back, you know, win back, whatever it is he has to win back. If I could, man, if somebody wanted to work with me on that, I just, Sign me up. I want to play that character all day. We need to get Evan Narciss to 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 help to write that story because I because I, I love Capcom and Capcom folks. I know I love you and you know that that's the case. But y'all need more. Y'all need some more black people to write your stories because I know that if they did this story, like the demon, it would be very stereotypical. They'd be like, he goes down to hell and he fights child support. They'll, I'll be like, no, that's not the, that's not the demons. <laughs> that ain't it. That's not that's not it's what not we're talking demon. about here. That's not that's not the it's demons. Not that's not it. Uh, but, but I want to, but I love that idea though. I love that, and I would love to see you get that role and do that role. That would be so be dope. That would be so so. It'd cool. be a lot of fun. A lot so, of fun. So cool. I mean, I'm learning more and more about all the games that are out there, and 
and and and I'm still discovering, you know, what IP, yeah. long running IP exists that you could drop into. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't. It's hard for me to say because I just sure. I don't have the education in this world to know what is out there and where I would be a good fit. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is something on the horizon. Mm. That comes out in February mm. that I'm in. And um I like worlds, I'll just say this, I like fantasy worlds. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. worlds of fantasy. Um Final Fantasy would be a fun one to jump into. Ooh. Just but it has to be the right character. Yeah. It has yeah. to be the right thing. Yeah. Um uh I'm, Mafia series the, would be kind of cool to see. See you jump I, in there. I would love, like, uh, like a real, like I would actually love to jump in the Far Cry series opposite Ooh. Giancarlo. Oh, that would be so good. Because there has give him really, a nemesis. Yeah, because there's never really been a a, a a black, you know, antagonist in that in that space that's been. You know, because the weird thing about Far Cry is like they do the baddies really, really well, mm-hmm. but they they humanize them a little bit too much. Like I want someone okay. who's going to be evil, evil. Sure, sure. Um, but I think yeah. oh, that would be that would be super cool. That would be super yeah. dope. I also would love. To, I'm a Star Wars nut, so I mean, yeah. come on, man. I, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would love. I have always wanted to play a Sith Lord. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Like, I want to know, like, my friend just played Seventh Sister, I guess. Yep. Uh, she was, she she did the whole thing, mocap, pcap, everything, voice. Yeah. And she said it was a blast. Um, I would love to do something in that world. Uh, because the Sith are... Sith are probably the least understood and least told stories in that world, mm. right? And I'd love to find a Sith character who's really humanized, yeah, that is tortured about becoming a Sith, yeah, and is trying to get out, yeah. But he has to do stuff. The stuff he has to do to get out is worse than the stuff that he had to do to become. Ooh, yeah. See, yeah, we gotta. We can't get the internet too many good ideas because they're gonna they're gonna take them. But that's the good. Know. But the good thing is we have a bunch of folks on our in our audience who could definitely be like you know hashtag that out, make that happen. Uh, right? Where would you, I mean as a as 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 an avid like as an avid player? Yeah. Who knows? Like, where would you see me at? What like what what things would you want to see me? Um. Turn the I mean, tables. I'm taking hold of the mic and asking these questions. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. That's when I get to do my own. Fuck. Uh, I don't know what to add. I don't know what to answer. Uh, but I think, like, I think you know, someone in the chat said Blade as a potential character in that in that space. Um, I I would love to see, and I don't know what game this would specifically be in, but I don't see a lot of black love characters like where you get to have two characters just be in that space. And yeah. like they, they, we just had 12 minutes was a game that was out uh, earlier or later. Uh, I'm sorry, in 2021. Cause I don't know what time is. And that was nice to see this narrative story happen between these multiple characters and it be this kind of back and forth where they're doing this time loop. Um, sure. That is not that time loop, but 
right. it was it was nice to see characters kind of have that interaction. It makes me think of um, uh, the show that I'm really digging right now is called Love Life, uh, mm-hmm. and it's on HBO where they're having uh, these black characters kind of just go through the main the main story. Guys is going through all these relationships and having those conversations happen. Sure, and it, they change sure. throughout each episode. But I'd love mm-hmm. to see a space like that, like where because we don't ever get to see those things happen in that yeah. way. And also, I'd love to see period pieces. Like, I think no one has ever done a game about Harlem. No one has ever done that. No one's Bro. done anything in that. Bumpy space. Johnson as a, as a version of the get- Mafia series. Ooh, that would be fire. That would be so good. That would be lit. That would be so good. Yeah, I think. I, I, cause me, I'm like, I want to see us in all the spaces that we never get to see us in. Like I would, again, right. like we, we were still waiting for the actual black Panther game to come out. We're, we're right. still, we're still trying to do the history history pieces around Africa, which I think would be brilliant to have, you know, games oh, set yeah. there, uh, as, as yeah. a place. Um, but I also want to see more black folks in like Assassin's Creed. Like that would be a fire space for you to be able sure. to play around too, is to yeah. dig into that yeah. layer. Um, yeah, a bunch. So yeah, I, I think that there you know are lots be of really, spaces. You know what would also be really dope? Yeah, if they did a Shaka Zulu video game. Ooh. Right. Ooh. Figure out Ooh. the narrative where what he's trying to conquer his people, but then he's also trying to conquer the colonizers. Ooh. And. Ooh. Because Shaka is, yo, Shaka's a beast. Yo, I mean, actually, we're really talking about like movies that made you feel like you were seeing. Like, really, Shaka Zulu was one of those. That music, boom, 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 oh. boom, 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 boom. Man, like, I that jumped thing up. Was I have I love that series. Every time I see, every time it's on, I, I haven't found a place where I can stream it. But one of my favorite series. Yeah, it was. That was. It was, that was fantastic. fantastic. That was that was super yeah. super. Good. And then I I'd be interested in I'd be interested in because see this is also the thing and then I know we got to jump off but like sure. you know we don't really talk about Africa, West Africa and even Eastern Africa but we first and foremost when we talk about Africa we almost rarely talk about East Africa. Oh absolutely yep. And the cultures and the nations that like. M- m- let me see a let me see a World War Two movie with Haile, a video game with Haile Selassie stopping the Italians from colonizing his country. You know, you know the the, the first of all, the gaming industry ain't ready. <laughs> Not ready. <laughs> they ain't ready. Like I like even the Shaka Zulu game. The, the industry ain't ready for that joint. Like that would have to be an extremely black studio to put that out there and and figure Very. that part out. Which of course Very. we would love to see, but I think. I agree with you. I think that there are so many spaces that we have occupied throughout history that never get their due, never get the space to kind of grow in that way uh, and, and and really haven't kind of like a blossomed into some of those spaces or even and even this. Like, I think, you know, we talk about, you know, the usual wanting to dig into kind of urban spaces and all that kind of stuff. There's never really been like I loved GTA when they did San Andreas and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I would love to see a version of GTA that's kind of more modern that speaks to, you know, some of those layers in that way. Okay. Um, I think okay. I think Watch Dogs was a really interesting game too, where we got a chance to see, you know, blackness in 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 the UK, 
mm-hmm. in, in some of mm-hmm. those things. It, it yeah. is it is very North American centered in a lot yes. of different ways, which is really weird. And that's a really good point that you bring up because in an interview I did recently, oh, one of the points and one of the comments was how much Americans think about content from our perspective and our point of view only Mm. and how being black is different throughout the world. Oh yeah. And there are nuances and there are different cultures and the different social structures that exist everywhere you go. How about we start investigating some of those stories and nuances and applying those to video game? Mm. And I was like, you know what? You're exact. Whoever said it is exactly right Mm -hmm. because it's not just an. We always think about it from our point of view. Mm -hmm. Now, at the same time, and this is some real shit. Yeah, we're the ones that are viewed as black whenever we go outside the country, right? (laughs) To countries that are black, but they're from there. Yep. You go to Jamaica. Yep. You're black, they're Jamaican. Yes, it is very different. Yes. Yep. Right? Yep. Yep. I have friends that are Niger. They know that they're black. Yep. But they're like, we're Nigerian. We're Niger. These are the places they have their own cultural touchstone to their continent, to their country, to their tribe, to their people. And we here don't. Yep. And that I don't there are layers there to start pulling back and mm-hmm. threads to start pulling on. But my brother, when I talk about telling different stories, you start pulling on the thread of how come our cultural touchstone stops. Yeah. Where others gets to continue. Right? Oh, I mean, there's a lot of layers to that. And also, I mean, of course, like you've nailed that that sentiment of like the black the black African American experience is profoundly different than than everyone else's in in the diaspora. But also even thinking about that before we go, of all the folks who are within that diaspora are layers of what we have determined as culture and has kind of broadly been shared is still the most copied version of it, which is even still more interesting. Um, Always. Because that's the, I'd most, also that's love the wildest thing. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely wild. I would also love to play the first Black Shogun. That would be... Yakuza, that would be Yo! How that's not been would done. that be? That would be Ooh. a great video. I mean, if Tom Cruise can do it. Cruise the shortest samurai ever to fight nobody. Uh, like I'm gonna chop that, you. Oh, but I can only chop you at the knees because I'm tired. I'm gonna chop you up. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I can only did. reach your um, abdomen. Anyway, I can only get to your tibia <laughs> and your kneecaps. <laughs> but I will run you down. Oh God, Jason, this has been one of my favorite episodes ever. Uh, I'm so happy we got a chance to have you on the show. Thank you so, so very much for being on here, rocking and dropping so many gems on our audience and everybody at home. Everybody in the chat right now, they've been loving it. Everybody at home, I know you're going to dig it. Uh, We're going to let Jason go. But again, thank you so, so much for, again, all the wonderful work you do in the space. Um, it, It was one of my favorite 
portrayals of a character that I've I've gotten a chance to play in a very long time. Uh, and we would love to have you back on the show when you know when the, when things are uh, you know over the horizon and, and coming back around. Yeah, coming back around. Yeah, like uh, yeah. Let me get a couple of. I got a few things in the can that are coming. I can't talk about them. Sure. Um, and I'm always trying to book the next big thing. Yeah. And when we get something that's noteworthy, let's let's chop it up again. I'd, I'd look that. forward to it. It'd be a blast. I'd love that. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bug the Bethesda folks. I want to get you some swag too, some spawning me swag. We got to get you some things. Dope. I appreciate that, brother. Dope, dope, dope. I'll get you. I'll get you. I'll get you some next time I make. Next time I make the uh, the body butter, I'll send you. I'll send you some. Yes, I'm gonna be silky smooth. My wife gonna be like, "Who this?" And I'll be like, "Man, yeah, don't, listen. don't." Hey, look, if you let her try, she gonna take it from you. Oh God! I, I, so what, I'll send you two jars. <laughs> I appreciate it in advance, everybody. This has been Jason E. Kelly, uh, voice actor extraordinaire, voice of cult from Death Loop. We're gonna give him the peace side for now, but we hopefully will have him back very, very soon. Uh, we're gonna go and take a small break. Uh, because I have to go get some water and go hydrate and all those things. Uh, and also, uh, we have some cool stuff that we want to talk about towards the end of our show. We're going to talk a little bit about what we've been playing. Uh, but before we do that, we have to give a huge shout out to our wonderful friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com is a place that you want to go. If you want to make sure all your bits are feeling good, looking good, smelling good, are shaped up so that when you were in the new year movement and you were doing your movements that everybody is feeling good and everybody's looking real good and shaped up in the best way. I mean, look, if you got to shape up down there, that's a whole other issue. That's a whole other problem. But when your significant other, whoever the person is in your life and you two are about to make sweet, passionate love, you will be able to say that you are in a good spot with Manscaped. So use that code spawn on me for a 20% discount. Uh, at manscaped.com uh, we're going to play some music we're going to go hang out and do a quick break probably two two minutes or so uh, and then we'll be right back after this hey Bricago, Merrick Kay here from Fanbyte. did you know that Spot on Me is a part of the Fanbyte podcast network we produce a ton of other great shows like Channel F, a podcast where we talk about the games we're playing. Can I just say yeah. how much I would love for there to be a Hitman game that's just about making people experience embarrassing social faux pas, trying to like prank people and make it seem like they had farted or like tripped on something. <laughs> that would be like very good. Dig up weird finds at thrift stores. So the <laughs> listing says Bung Doctor V64. <laughs> and take your questions about the best jokers. Lovars Martin asks, what's the best or coolest weapon ever given to a mech? Gundam Fusion Rebake has a really oh, good- wait, give, me, sorry? give me that one more time. Gundam Fusion Rebake. Yo, I heard you. <laughs> Gundam Fusion. <laughs> I personally guarantee that listening to Channel F will make you a better, smarter, more powerful version of yourself. So go to fanbyte.com slash podcasts or search for Channel F on your podcast app of choice today. Improvement not guaranteed. Listening to Channel F may cost you a vacation. Welcome to the Spawn of Me podcast. My name is Khalif Adams. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're having a wonderful day today listening to our show. If you missed the first half of our show, you missed probably one of my favorite interviews that I've ever done on this episode, on this show with Jason E. Kelly, actor extraordinaire. Uh, voice of cult from death loop we had a ridiculously good episode uh in the first half and of course we don't end on you know whack 
versions of stuff. We always bang it out and have good times here. We have fantastic conversations for all of you home in Bricago. We are the folks who are bringing it to you here live in full effect and rocking super, super hard. We have an announcement at the end of the show, uh, but because there is some dope audio in it that we don't want to share across the podcast version of it, we're not going to have that in, the, in that part of the episode. You'll have to be uh, you have to come back and listen and watch the VOD uh, to see the actual other part because that'll be in the later part of that show. But we'll have the discussion a little bit later. Um, the game that I got a chance to play this week uh, that was pretty damn amazing and pretty damn fantastic uh, has been uh, God of War on PC. So God of War PC, you know, Sony has been talking a lot about moving in a di- direction in which PC games are going to be, you know, in the space for a lot of their big titles. You know, we've already seen Horizon Zero Dawn be in that space. We also have now seen God of War now be in that space. I am betting for sure that the next Horizon game uh, is going to be uh, on PC at some point. But I, I got a chance to play through most of God of War on PC. Again, I've played through this thing a couple of times, you know, both on the console and now playing through it on PC. And, and again, if you've played the game already, you know what you're going to get from a story standpoint. You know what you're going to get from a, um, you know, a narrative, a narrative space. Um, what you're thinking about when you are playing this game on PC is how good is this thing look? How's the performance on the game like this? Is it does it feel different in the way that it would from console to, you know, to, to, to where it's landed here? Um, the answer is yes. I think this game you know, has been, you know, optimized in a way that feels pretty fantastic. It, it is, it is gorgeous to look at. Um, it is a game in which, you know, you are still rocking out as Kratos and getting things in, in that way and, and playing and, and, and having a lot of fun with it. It just feels fantastic. I am so happy with what Sony Santa Monica was able to do, uh, with this game and, and, and bringing it to life and, and having people play it and getting a chance to kind of go back through that story uh, with Kratos, uh, doing his thing. Uh, it just feels so good. Um, you know, going back through that world, playing with Atreus and, and, and learning about, you know, his journey to, to, to make sure that his dead wife was, you know, given a proper burial. It is, it is, it is super, super cool. We're watching some gameplay of me play it kind of semi-badly. Uh, but it was super fun to to go through this world again and and see all the small things, right? So like, I think one of the things that kind of came across for a game like this was the visual splendor parts, of course, the sound layers of it. But the 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 kind of thing that always came across was the animations that you saw, was the the world that they had built, was the you know the the way that those things kind of combined to bring together really good lore. Uh, for a character that we have been playing for over a decade at this point was pretty profound. I think they did a really good job of continuing to, you know, add those little flares and touches to this game um, that made it feel, you know, a little bit fresh and new in a way that we hadn't really seen before. I, I think that that is something that when I came away from my gameplay with this game, I was like, wow, like all those small things do actually matter in a way that comes across in a in a really cool way. Um, and, and it was something in which, you know, I loved my time with it. It felt extremely cool. It felt very, very good. 
Um, the, my only and, and, and very small gripe, if you might have seen me talk about this on Twitter the other day, was I have one of those massive, ridiculously big Samsung G9 monitors. They're like 49 inches across. Um, uh, in this particular game, and it was a fantastic article that, might, that, that spoke to, to this on, on the net, was that this game, you know, one of the things you're hoping for is this world is so big and vast and pretty and gorgeous. You want that thing to be as large and as big and fill up all of your screen that you'll be able to kind of see. And, and, and it doesn't do that for my widescreen monitor. Again, I am a very, very specific use case here that has a monitor that is not what most people have. It is not a thing that most people will purchase. You, most people are playing this game either on a television or they're playing it on something that will max out at, you know, 1440p uh, or maybe a 4K monitor. But it is not a thing in which you have an expectation to, you know, see this game kind of be in that biggest, broadest IMAX kind of way. Um, and for me, that's a little bit disappointing as a person who who is playing this game and, and, and really excited for it and, and getting a chance to to dig into that world again. I hoped that it would have been fully kind of maxed out in that way. It looks like it is from a resolution standpoint. But from the way that it was uh, kind of made in, into that space, it doesn't really fit the whole screen, which is, uh, again, a little bit of a disappointment. I wouldn't knock it and give it a, a, and dock it points for that. But it is a thing that if you are thinking about that as a PC player looking to get that highest fidelity for, for your money, I'm not, I'm not going to say don't go cop it. It's definitely worth the buy. Like you should be buying this game if you if you want to play it again in in that way. Um, but it is also not going to do that work in, in, in that way. So that, that was a little bit disappointing. Um, but it feels great. It sounds great. It is, it is playing super, super well. Um, I am running again, a pretty beastly machine. I'm, I'm rocking at a 3080 in, in my gaming machine. Um, so you, you know, if you're in that space looking for a fantastic game to play and you've never played God of War and you're thinking about going into that world, go do it on PC. I think it's a really good spot to be able to get to. Um, and, it, and it makes me really want to see more of those um, makes me want to see more of those things kind of be in the space. I would love to actually see, you know, more um, uh, uh, Sony, Sony PC games, you know, really go and be out in the world. Like, I think there are going to be so many fun games that are going to be in the mix that are going to be PC based games that are going to be playing on console or console specific games that are going to be ported over to um ported over to pc um that it's going to be really really cool to see where those things wind up landing i think that's going to be fantastic to see where those games kind of go into that space um i'm playing a couple other things as well most of those things i can't talk about yet uh but there are games that you will definitely be playing next month um you know the coolest thing i saw in the past couple days is the um you know, Sony seeding out the, the PlayStation, um, the PlayStation, uh, controllers and the, 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 the plates for the, the PS fives in some really fantastic and beautiful colors. I think those things have been extremely cool to see, uh, kind of pop up into the world and, and be a thing. Uh, it has been really fun to be able to see uh, them continue to figure out good ways to get their name into the the cycle. I think that that has been important for them to figure out how to stay re pretty relevant within a space where they haven't been able to do that in that way. 
um i think that that's that's been pretty damn fantastic to do um and i'm excited to see what they're gonna where they're gonna land when it comes to those things i think that is ridiculously cool like i want that to be the thing that they wind up doing moving forward in a in a, in a bigger way I, i'm hoping that that is a thing that we get a chance to see um move forward in 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 ways that again i think they're moving the conversation in a really smart way uh by putting things on pc i think there are a lot of people who are mad about that uh which is um kind of kind of weird that people are mad about that version of that i think that's probably not the smartest thing to be mad about in terms of the way that the gaming space looks and feels at this point but it is pretty nuts to see that like you know the biggest news right now coming out of playstation land has nothing to do with the games yet and they have all to do with the hardware which again hasn't gotten a lot of love um in that way so uh i'm hoping to continue to see some goodness come from from the sony sony side of the fence uh because i know they have a couple of things that are coming up very very soon um last thing that i wanted to dig into this week was um a really dope a really dope moment that happened on g4 the other day um host frost uh is, is well known within the video game space for for her work in the esports space she's been a, a caster and a host for a very long time um we know that the, the resurgence of g4 has been there uh for a couple for a couple of months now you know fam fam of the of the show danny pena works over there rihanna manuel uh black okage uh, adam sessler all those folks are over there working there um and there seems to have been this really interesting resurgence of a lot of the information and vibes that, you know, they were always trying to kind of move away from. I think a lot of the conversation about G4 when it was coming back was, is this going to be the same G4 that we saw before? Is this going to have a lot of the kind of sophomoric jokes? Is it going to have some of the sexism that was in there? Is it going to have you know, some of the kind of not great stuff that came out of G4 in the earlier days when we had hosts like Olivia Munn and, and, and Morgan Webb and all those folks. And it was never on them because they weren't the ones who were perpetuating this. But it was always from the, the fan base to be like, we like you because you're hot. We, you know, that's the thing that we think. We think you're attractive. And that's the reason why we think you have worth and value here. And, 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 and Frost had this really great moment that I want to play for all of you at home because she just dropped the biggest microphone on all of the conversation in a way that was so good to hear so powerful and she just nailed it in the best way so i want i want to share that with you all really quick um and just give frost her 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 moment in the sun and give her her flowers because this was one of the best things i've seen in the streaming space in a very very long time sexism in gaming. In joining G4. This is not where I thought we were going, but I'm here. I had no idea. I'm listening. Yeah. In joining G4, I was ecstatic to be part of something that I grew up watching as a child. But every time G4 is brought up in various channels, even in this YouTube channel, we have the chat in front of us, I can see you, without a doubt, there will be backlash because I'm not as bangable as the previous host. Woo! 
It's somehow... Talk to him, Frost! It has somehow been expected that you can talk about how much you jerked off to women as a compliment. That it's weird. not a compliment. It's weird. It's dehumanizing and it's weird. Women do not exist to be nice on the eyes for you. Morgan Webb, Olivia Munn did not exist to be nice on the eyes for you. Hey, she cooking, y'all. And that's just <laughs> obvious sexism. You don't need to explicitly objectify women or declare that you hate women to be sexist. Just go ahead and check out Thorne's latest meltdown on Twitter for some spark notes. Now, here at X-Play, our reviews are written and produced by a team of people. There are too many games for one person to shoulder the burden. So we divide and conquer. And when we use language like we or I, that's the reviewer. That's coming from the mouth and experience of the reviewer reading that review. And that's not to say that Gerard, TBH, Adam, or myself don't contribute to the reviews. We absolutely do. But it'll always be in varying degrees and take a whole team behind us. That's why we're X-Play and not Adam-Play. We have done the experiment and controlled for the variables. Adam will read a script written by the same writer that I will read the other half of the script for, but I'll be the one flamed. And yeah, it also happens to Gerard and TBH, but that doesn't discount the sexism of how it happens to me when it does. Both things can be true, that there is a general hatred of any change that isn't Adam, and that all receive special flame just for being a woman. And I wish I could turn the camera around so that you could see the incredible team that make X-Play. Half of our producers and writers are women. Emily, Abby, Megan, Joe, Jake, Zipper, Gabby, it goes on and on and on. Former writers that are now on ATOS like Vanessa. When you're in our DMs or on those YouTube comments or in Twitch chat right now, those reactionary threads thinking that I'm somehow ruining your current X-Play experience because you can't objectify me how you previously did to Morgan or that I'm somehow less qualified to speak on something but you can't quite put your finger on why even though I'm reading the exact same script as Adam but you have no problem with he's part of it. You're letting your unconscious biases ruin my day and you're gatekeeping the gaming space. So maybe for 2022, we'd be a bit nicer, a bit more self-reflective, and we enjoy the fact that people are working hard to make free content for you. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Peace. Yeah! Hey, hey. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta you up. I That was one of the best moments of 2022 in the gaming industry. I don't want anyone to ever think that Frost isn't on her shit because that was one of the dopest moments I have seen in this industry. And I have been in it for almost 13 years. I've seen many, many people do that from the Twitter space and the social media space. I have not seen very many people do that on a platform like G4 in prime time, talking directly to their own audience in a way that needed to be said. Massive love to Frost for saying what needed to be said. I am definitely a Frost stan after that, for sure. I am mad, mad hype for her because that was freaking dope. That was amazingly cool. Super, super fun for that. Um, we're almost out of time. We're going to get up out of here, but I did want to share 
January 31st is going to be the day of the Spawnies. We are coming to you live, semi-live, uh, from uh, twitch.tv slash spawn on me. Uh, we're going to be going real hard. It's going to be super, super fun. We got some surprises in there. Uh, we got some some goodies in there uh, to share with all of you at home, all of the Bracago residents. We got goodness coming in. Uh, so I'm very, very excited uh, for the Spawnies to finally be live and ready for all of you at home. Uh, to, to enjoy this wonderful uh, space of gaming and do something that has not been done before. We're going to break new ground with the Spawnies. Uh, so I'm very, very excited about that. So with that being said, we had a banger of a show today. Please go subscribe on the feeds. Make sure you're hitting that subscribe button on all the things that we put out there. YouTube, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, TikTok, all those wonderful places uh, where you can subscribe to our work. Uh, if you know any dope folks out there who want to sponsor the show, go to Twitch, uh, go to the spawnies.com slash support. Uh, we'll be putting out links to that uh, alongside that wonderful teaser trailer that you just got a chance to see on the live show. And uh, again, massive thank you to our friends over at Bethesda for hooking us up with the interview with Jason Kelly. Uh, please make sure you're checking out some cool stuff here. We're going to have the head of Twitter gaming on the next show. So make sure you're chopping it up and ready for that conversation. We're also going to be putting out a dope episode next week, uh, early in the week, where we got to talk to the PR lead for the, for, for the Americas, Will Powers, about all the cool stuff that went down from Razor at CES 2022. So we have a lot of great content coming to you at home. Make sure you're getting ready for it. We have dopeness in store. Much love. We will see you all very, very soon. Until next week, much love and peace.